So when I was in kindergarten, I had a friend named Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy was a cool little guy. I mean, we didn't go into really deep uh, relationally because we were in kindergarten, right? We, we played blocks together, we hung out together, uh, but he was a lot of fun. We hung around the playground, we, we, we did some things, uh, even I think after school a little bit. But uh, one of the things I loved about Jimmy is that he loved math and I did not. And so he did all my math worksheets, which was a great, great relationship there. And uh, that explains a lot, probably going, oh, now I know why Craig's the way he is. Anyway, uh, you know, we had a great time and then kindergarten was over. Uh, he he kind of went his way, I went mine. In fact, we actually moved to a different town and never had any contact with him again. So uh, fast forward through elementary school, uh, middle school, high school, uh, we get off to college. I'm in, I'm in the business school at Tech and um, I meet another guy and, and we're get hit it off. He's kind of a fun loving dude and uh, made several friends in the same class. We were in the economics together and, and so we would study a little bit together. Uh, and this guy, I knew him a little bit because he said he was a Christian. He was involved in a Christian organization on campus and I was too. And over the course of time, our, our paths uh, intersected many times and he said, hey, I think God's called me into ministry. And so I thought, that's cool. So he said, I'm going to Southwestern Seminary. I said, well, I'm gonna to go to seminary there too. And so we went to seminary together. We had classes together, talked about vision and what he want God, God could do in his life and where our paths would go. And so we are at graduation, uh, about, to, about to go out. We got our robes and everything on. We're about to go out into graduation for our uh, seminary graduation. And uh, he turns to me and he said, you know, Craig, this is our third time to graduate together. I'm like, really? Third time? He goes, yeah, well, you know, of course, now we're graduating. And he said, in college, we graduated from tech at the same time. I said, yeah, you're right. And he said, and we graduated from kindergarten together. And that guy was my buddy, Jimmy you know, that I knew back from kid, I had no idea. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. He goes, no, I, I kind of thought I remembered you. And then I went back and talked to my mom and pulled out all these pictures and sure enough, that's you. And, and we couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, if I'd have known that, you could have done my economics homework for me. <laughs> but I uh, didn't know that at the time. Anyway, uh, but it's just kind of cool when you go back and you think about like old friends, like elementary school friends. In fact, I bet if I just point you out, which I'm not going to, and said, who was your elementary school best friend? You could probably tell me their name. You could remember your elementary school friend or your middle school friend or high school friend. Um, but here's the question, who are your friends now? Who are your close friends now? You know, when you think about friends, um, there are actually three broad categories that you can put friendships into, okay? And so let me just kind of, illustrate that here. Uh, first off, you have what you would call your uh, outer friends. This is your outer circle of friends. Uh, these are people that you know at a, a distance. You probably don't really know them. You maybe know of them. They know you, kind of of you, uh, but you've never really shared a meal with. You've never really, maybe even had a conversation with. You know of them. These are maybe people that are on your, these are all your Facebook friends, okay? These are all your people that follow you on social media. You don't really know them. They don't really know you, but you, you, they're, they're outer circle friends. They may not necessarily have the same core beliefs that you have. They certainly may not embrace the same purpose that God has given you. However, they are your outer circle friends. Then you have another group of friends, this, which I would call maybe your middle circle of friends. And this middle group, uh, this is uh, 
These are people you know at arm's length. I mean, you know them better than the outer circle friends. You actually may have been in a group out to meal together or you've done some things together. You certainly know each other a little bit better uh, than the outer circle folks. These may be people you know at the office, people you know maybe here at church, maybe uh, people you know through your kids' ball games or so on, and you kind of know them. You've had some conversations. They uh, probably, if you're in, in the middle circle, friends, they probably agree with you uh, on your basic core beliefs. Maybe you still don't understand your purpose, God's purpose uh, for your life. Uh, they don't understand that, but uh, nevertheless, they are in your middle circle of friends. Then you have my circles are not very circly, are they? They're a little oblong. All right, bear with me. I didn't do much in art, okay? So here we go. And then you have your inner circle of friends. Your inner circle. These are the people that you are very close to. These are the people that you have history with. These are the people that you know, they know you, you love, they love you. These are the people that you can uh, confide in, people that you trust, people that you listen to, people that can speak into your life. These are your inner circle of friends. And it's usually a pretty tight circle. Now, when you think of these three broad categories, Jesus had friends in all these categories. He had outer circle friends. In fact, m multiple times in the gospels, he was called a friend of sinners. These were people that, you know, maybe, maybe did or did not agree with his core values and core message. Maybe certainly did not appreciate his purpose uh, of going to the cross, but yet they were outer circle friends. So you had, you had tax collectors and sinners in there. You had Pharisees and religious types, irreligious types, skeptic, skeptic seekers. All these kind of people were in his outer circle of friends. Then he had a middle circle of friends. Uh, we know that after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to over 500. So this at least, there's a base of 500 people that were followers of Christ. They probably did not fully understand his purpose in that they thought he was a Messiah that would be more of a, a military leader, not a, a suffering servant. Uh, but yet they did uh, hold to his core message. And so those were his middle friends. But Jesus had an inner circle of friends too. He had uh, his 12 disciples that he spent time with that he invested in, that he spoke into their life and he shared deeply with. These were the ones that partnered with him. They certainly understood his core message. They certainly uh, embraced his purpose because they carried out the gospel to the nation. So Jesus had an inner circle and you could even argue maybe an inner, inner circle of the three, Peter, James, and John that were even the closest to him. Jesus had an inner circle. Now, when you think about your friends, uh, typically people have a lot in the outer circle and middle circle, uh, but I wanna know this. I wanna ask you this question. Who is in your inner circle? Who are your inner circle friends? Who are the closest to you? Who know you? Who speak into your life? That's what I wanna talk about today. And today we're gonna to look at a passage where Jesus is talking to his inner circle friends about what kind of friends we need in our inner circle. So once you get your Bible, once you open it up to John chapter 15, and we're basically gonna pick up where we left off last week, John chapter 15, we're gonna be beginning at verse 12, all right? If you don't have a Bible, there's one provided for you. And I really encourage you to get a pen out, paper out, to take some notes down, uh, and to think through some of these things we're gonna talk about today, all right? Uh, John 15, beginning at verse 12. This is the word of God. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. 
I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his father is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you, love one another. Now, Jesus is speaking to his inner circle, really just before his crucifixion, uh, just before his arrest. Uh, As we said last week, he's probably walking through on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane as he gives these words, these final words to his disciples. And uh, really, when you look at this passage, you just kind of break it down, look at verse 12 and look at verse 17, there's a same command, uh, love one another as I have loved you, the same command in 12 and 17. So therefore, that's kind of bookends this passage. The word love is used four different times, the word for agape, God kind of love. But then three times within, between 12 and 17, there are three different occasions where Jesus uses the word friend. So Jesus is talking about a friend kind of love, a friendship kind of, what kind of friendships should we have? And this is really the only place in the Bible where Jesus really describes what friendship should look like. Godly friendship uh, should, should look like. Now, before we dive into what Jesus is saying here, let me, let me just kind of give you a little warning that there are three what I call uh, inner circle errors that people tend to make. And you may be making one of these errors right now and not even know it. The first one is, uh, the first error is letting too many people in your inner circle, letting too many people in. Some of you are gregarious lovers of people and you just, everybody's your best friend, right? Oh, they're my best friend. You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Everyone's my best friend. And they just, they legitimately feel that way, but you cannot love 500 people all as your very best friend. Nor should you listen to that many people. Your inner circle should be much smaller for those of you that love to broaden it out Uh, your inner circle must be more carefully chosen. A second error is kind of quite the opposite, and that is that you're letting nobody in. There are some of you that are loners by nature. You're you're not extroverts, you're introverts. You don't really like to to share your, bear your soul to someone else, and so you really don't have anybody in your inner circle. Most adult men uh, stop making inner circle friends on their own after college. By the time they get married, they usually allow their wives to make their friend groups for them, and they don't really pursue deep inner circle friends, and that may be you. So letting too many in, letting nobody in, the last one, and this is maybe the most important inner circle error, is letting the wrong people in. For you to allow people to come into your inner circle and speak in your life that do not walk with God, do not point you toward Christ, can be a very destructive error. What I tell uh, my girls all the time is who you befriend is who you become. Who you befriend is who you become. And if you allow these people to speak into your life, that's gonna be the direction you're going. Another way to say that is just show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, I'll show you where you're going. If you have nominally uh, uh, love God kind of friends, guess what, that's exactly where you're headed. If you have on fire love Jesus friends, that's where you're headed. If you have friends that have a great marriage, then you're gonna end up probably having a great marriage. You have friends that don't, you probably won't. I mean, the, the, the friendships in your life 
determine the direction so much of your life. That's why in 1 Corinthians 15, the apostle Paul said, hey, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Probably more than anything else in your spiritual life, who you befriend determines a lot of who you become. And so it's very important that you take this inner circle seriously. I guess one thing I just want to point out to you is your inner circle matters. Your inner circle is real and it matters. It matters to God. It matters to how you live your life. Your inner circle matters. And so what does Jesus say about who you should let into your inner circle? What are inner circle friends that Jesus wants us to have? So this is when you take notes, okay? Let me give you four things very quickly right out of this passage about the kind of friends you want in your inner circle. Number one, you want friends that stand with you. An inner circle friend is someone who stands with you. Look at verse 13. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus was obviously thinking about what was about to happen. That he was about in just a few hours to be arrested. And he was going to go, he was going to be flogged and beaten. And he was going to go to a cross. And why was he doing that? He was doing that to literally save his friends. He was doing that for you and for me. He was taking on our punishment. He was suffering the wrath of God on our behalf so that we could be reconciled to God. And he said, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. Somebody may say, well, man, I'll take a bullet for you. Uh, Jesus literally did that. He laid down his very life. He was willing to go to the grave for his friends. And listen, that's the kind of friend that you want, somebody that stands with you, somebody that is committed to you, somebody that will not run when difficult things come, will not push away when, when bad things happen, even when you do something bad. They're not gonna reject you totally and completely. These are the friends that stand with you and will not forsake you. Somebody said, these are your 4 a.m. friends, right? The person you're gonna call at 4 a.m., the people you're gonna, if you got one phone call and you're in crisis, who is it that you're gonna call? Who do you trust? That's, that's, the friend that stands with you. And that's the friend that we need to look for. Proverbs 17, 17, just write that in the margin. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. A real friend that stands with you, man, they're made for the difficult times in life. We all want friends like that. Unfortunately, not many of us have friends like that. Cigna, the insurance company, uh, last year commissioned a study of 10,000 employees and workers, uh, marketplace workers. They were studying the issue of loneliness. And they just recently, this month, published the results of that survey. And here's what they found. Three out of five Americans claim that they are lonely. Three out of five. In fact, as you dig into the data a little bit, you find out the more specific, 63% of men said they are lonely. 58% of women say that they are lonely. In fact, the loneliest group, interestingly enough, were those that were the high social media users. Those that use social media the most were actually the loneliest, 74%. And what does that mean? What does that tell us? That tells us that while we are desperately longing for connection in our outer circle of friends, it is only the inner circle of friends that really satisfy this need in our heart to have somebody with us that will help us, especially in our time of need. And Jesus said, what you need is somebody that will stand with you and not leave you. 
Second kind of friend you need is someone that challenges you. Someone that challenges you. Look at verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Jesus was very clear that the proof of their friendship with him is their obedience to him. Jesus couldn't even conceive if somebody said, yeah, Jesus, I'm your friend, and yet not go where he's going or not do what he wants them to do. In the same way, you need friends in your life that will challenge you to walk with God. To walk with God. Somebody that's going to constantly point you back to God's word. Okay, what does the Bible say about that? Uh, how's your time in the word? Uh, how you, let's pray on this together. And, and, and to challenge you, if you're veering off course, to always bring you back to what does God want for your life. You know, as I have uh, uh, daughters that are growing up and becoming adults, uh, my number one prayer for them almost every single day is God bring friends in their life that will always point them to you. They will always say, but God's word says, but Christ wants, but let's pray this together. Do you have people like that in your life that are constantly pushing you and pointing you uh, to Jesus? You know, sometimes we have friends that actually do the opposite, right? We're, we invite them in our inner circle, but they're not telling us to follow Jesus. They're actually saying, oh man, don't worry about that. Let's go do this over here. And those are very damaging friends. I mean, I had friends like that in college, you know, they weren't pointing me to Jesus. They were pointing me away from Jesus. And it finally came to a point where I realized I can't walk with these friends and walk with Jesus at the same time because they're going in two different directions. And I had to move away from those friendships in order to move closer to Christ. So who is doing that in your life? Who's, who's challenging you? Who's, who's encouraging you? Listen, sometimes, sometimes challenging to follow Jesus means that there'll be some conflict. And I want you to know this kind of friend that challenges you to walk with God is, is, willing to, is willing to hurt the relationship, is willing to lose the relationship before they'll stand by and let you self-destruct. They will confront you. They will say, hey, you're going the wrong direction. You shouldn't be doing that. I can't let you just stand by and let you just wreck your family. Uh, no, you can't do that. That is a true friend who is willing to confront you with the truth because they love you. Outer friends will just watch, watch you implode. You know, Proverbs 7, 27, 17 says, uh, iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. Have you ever watched iron sharpening iron? There's conflict. <laughs> Sparks are flying. It's a full contact moment. And sometimes you need friends that will come in and sparks are gonna fly. But you're gonna say, you know what? I love you enough. I, I cannot be quiet. What's what the direction you're going is not right. And they're challenging you to walk with God. I love this, uh, Proverbs 26, seven, right at that in the margin, Proverbs 26, seven. The wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. The enemy will just tell you whatever you wanna hear. Kissy, kissy, kiss, right? But a friend sometimes wounds you because they love you. That's the kind of friend you want. One that stands with you, one that challenges you. Here's another one, number three. Inner circle friend is one that shares life with you. Look at verse 15. I did not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends. Why? Because I have made known to you everything I heard from my father. Jesus said, listen, uh, servants don't know what their master's doing. They just do what they're told. But I, I want more from you. 
I created you for more. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to walk with you. I want, to, want you to know me and, and for me to know you. That's the intimate fellowship that God created you to have with Christ. And he said, I've shared with you everything. I've shared with you everything. Listen, a, a true friend is one that shares life with you. They share everything. And you can share everything with them. It's interesting, one of the Hebrew words for friends can also be translated secret. This is someone who, who can keep a secret, that you can confide in, that you can trust in, that you can bear your soul to. Your, your fears, your dreams, your concerns, your worries, even the things that you've done wrong, you can share it with them and they will bear it with you and walk with you through it. You know, if your outer circle friend comes up to you and says, hey, uh, how's it going? You say, ah, okay. Then they move on, right? Your inner circle friend says, how you doing? You say, oh, okay. And they go, whoa, whoa what, what's going on? All right, let's go get some coffee. Let's sit down. What's happening in your life right now? Let's share this together. Let's talk this out. Let's deal with this. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, quote, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I was thinking the same thing. That's when a friend is born. Man, I, yeah, I feel the same thing. I've been through the same thing. I've endured the same thing. I've made that same mistake. Hey, we can get through this together. Let's share this together. So we're talking about inner circle friends. We said God wants you to have friends in there that uh, will stand with you. Yeah, inner circle friends that will challenge you to walk with God no matter what. Uh, inner circle friends that will share life with you and you can confide in. Uh, here's, a, here's the last one inner circle friend that encourages you, specifically encourages you toward your purpose. Look at verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to, to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever your father asks in my name, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. Jesus never let them forget why he chose them. He's like, look guys, you didn't choose me, I chose you. <laughs> and I chose you for a purpose. Don't forget your purpose. In fact, if you remember from last week, he was just talking that whole passage before about bearing fruit, fruit that remains, living a fruitful life, investing your life in others that will invest in others, doing things, investing in them spiritually that will bear spiritual lasting fruit. And so here he brings it up again. He goes, listen, guys, don't forget your purpose is not just to be great in your job, not just to have certain things. You have an eternal purpose and your, your true friends, your inner circle friends are always pushing you and driving you and cheering you and encouraging you to do things, to live for heaven, not just to live for earth. I have a friend who is in his 80s and uh, periodically we talk. And every time we talk, he'll say, okay, Craig, who are the guys you're discipling? Tell me, quick, quick, tell me. And he wants names. Uh, and I'm like, man, can you let me off the hook one time? No, he is always on me. Who are you spending your life with? Who are you investing in? How are you making disciples? He is always holding me accountable. You know why he does that? Because he loves me. And he doesn't want me to waste my life. He wants me to bear lasting fruit, spiritual fruit. So who are the people in your life saying, hey, when was the last time you shared your faith? Hey, when was the last time you went on a mission trip? Hey, when was the last time you discipled somebody? Hey, when was the last time you used your spiritual gifts for spiritual purpose? Hey, when was the last time you did something for the kingdom of God? Is there anybody in your life that's pushing you and cheering you and challenging you and encouraging you to really leverage your life 
That's the kind of friend you want. That's the kind of friend that Jesus said you want. Inner circle friends matter. They matter a lot. They matter about the direction of your life. They matter how you live your life. They matter how you end your life. You know, I've, uh, I've done a couple of things. I, I ran a marathon one time. Never do that again. Anyway, <laughs> full enchilada, man. I didn't put the sticker on the back of my car, but I did, I endured it. But you know what? I would have never done it if I hadn't run with a group of guys. And I knew when we were trained, they were gonna be waiting for me in the parking lot. So I had to get out there. And when we run through and I wanted to quit, I knew they were there saying, come on, we can do that. And when we literally ran this marathon, I mean, these guys were superior marathon runners. They had all run multiple marathons. I was the novice of the group. And they throttled back and ran with me, which was really long time. And, uh, but they said, hey, we wanna cross the finish line together. So they, we all went shoulder to shoulder and we crossed the finish line all at the same time. You know, at some point in your life, you're gonna cross the finish line. You're gonna stand before Jesus. And man, if you're running with people like this that challenge you and love you, then when you cross that finish line, you're not gonna be ashamed that you wasted your life because you had people speaking into your life to do the things that really matter. Your inner circle matters. So you may be thinking, well, man, I'd love to have people like that in my inner circle. The problem is, Craig, I don't have anybody like that. You know, you probably have all kinds, you're a preacher, right? You got all kinds of people like that in your life. I don't have anybody in my life like that. So let's talk about that. What can you do? Let me give you three very practical things to do, all right? This is a practical message on what you can do to develop these kind of inner circle friends, all right? First thing is you need to identify your inner circle. You need to identify, in fact, what you just need to do is take a little inventory, or some people say a friend inventory, all right? And I want you to take a minute, and I want you to literally, this week, and this is your homework assignment, I want you to draw these circles out, or maybe make a heading, outer circle, middle circle, inner circle, these are people that uh, uh, embrace my core beliefs and my purpose, or maybe they don't embrace my core beliefs, they don't necessarily embrace my purpose, I just know them from it, uh, a distance. These maybe know my core beliefs, but don't really know my purpose. Uh, and then these know my core, but know my purpose. And, and just break this down and say, okay, who, how would I classify my friends who are outer circle, who are middle circle, who are inner circle? I, I've actually gone through this, um, this exercise and it's, and it's really interesting to think about how you classify the friends in your life. Okay. The second thing that you can do, not only do you identify, but you need to guard your inner circle. That is, once you evaluate, you may say, hey, I got this one person, they're in my inner circle, but they don't love Jesus, and they're not speaking truth into my life, and they don't, they're not pushing me toward my God-given purpose, and, and they're not, in fact, they may be directing me opposite. Then what you may need to do is change some friend status. I'm not talking about on social media, all right? Not to and say, I'm defriending you right now. You know, preacher's head. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you may need to create some distance there so that you can really pursue people into your inner circle that will really help you walk with God. Those are choices you have to make. And these are choices that determine the direction of your life. It's very important. In fact, uh, Proverbs 12, 26 says this. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way the wicked leads them astray. 
So maybe there are some people that are in your inner circle that you need to move out of that inner circle. Maybe you need to pray for God to bring you some friends in that inner circle that love God and that will love you. And by the way, the best way to get a friend like that is to be a friend like that. Instead of going, well, who's gonna come to me? Who's gonna be, I wouldn't say walking around the church going, would you be my friend? Would you be my friend? You know, probably not like that. But what you can say is, God, who are the people, just kind of open my eyes, who are the people in my life that I see walking with you? I see people that, that seem to be able to be that kind of person. How can I be a friend to them? How can I say, hey, let's go get some coffee sometime. Let's go out for lunch. You know, and you be a trustworthy friend to them and you'll find out pretty soon that they are a trustworthy friend to you. Okay? Third thing, identify your inner circle, guard your inner circle. Third thing, prioritize your inner circle. Make this a priority. Did you know that back to Jesus' example, did you know that Jesus spent four times as much with the inner circle? In fact, I'm just gonna put four times right there. Four times as much time with his inner circle as he did his outer circle. Four times as much. He really prioritized spending time cultivating these inner circle friends. Now, ironically, a lot of people do the opposite of that. They spend all their time trying to impress the outer circle. Look what I had for breakfast, uh, post on Instagram. Look what I, where I'm at at the show, you know, post it on Facebook. And they're, they're spending all their time trying to get likes and try to get posts and shares with people that don't even know you. Why? Why are you spending so much time out here when you may be ignoring the people that actually do love you and will be with you and can speak into your life? Forget about the outer circle. Focus on the inner circle friends. You say, well, Craig, I don't know how to get those inner circle friends. Well, one of the things uh, is that we offer groups here called connect groups. And these are people that are in your life stage that are actually pursuing the same thing. They want great marriages and they're wrestling with raising kids and they, and they want to walk with God and they're growing. And these people you can actually connect with. In fact, the lesson today in your connect group is all about the importance of being together. And so if you don't have any place to start, you can start there. You can get into a connect group. We can help you get into a connect group. And you can ask God to show me just one or two or three friends I could just begin to be a friend to and move those into my inner circle, all right? You gotta prioritize those inner circle friends. Your, your inner circle matters. It matters to God. It matters to you. It matters the direction of your life. Parents, by the way, this is a great conversation to have with your kids today about their inner circle friends. And it's a great way for you to lead by example as well. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? In just a minute, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. And I want you to just take a moment to be still and to think about your inner circle friends. Maybe you have great inner circle friends. Maybe as I went down through this list, you say, man, that's my friend. Stand with me, challenge me, shares life with me, faithful, knows my purpose, pushes me toward my purpose. If you have a friend like that, 
Would you thank Jesus for them? And if right now, having heard this, you have a sense of loneliness, that I really don't have a friend like that, or friends like that, then ask God who you can be a friend like that too. The Christian life is never meant to be lonely. We're meant to do life together. In fact, the essence of the gospel is that when we were far from God and it at odds with God because of sin in our life, that Jesus drew us into his inner circle because he gave his life for us. Do you know Christ? Have you given your life to him? Have you asked him to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin? You can do that right now, right where you're seated. Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. Forgive me. Draw me close to you. Just pray that prayer. And why don't you take a moment to reflect on the love of Jesus shown to us at the cross as we take these elements together.